there's a good chance the Chargers could look at a wide receiver in round one of the 2023 NFL Draft, and Zay Flowers could be the explosive piece they've been missing. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked on Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons together, but this is our first, se- fifth season as a host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And today we are getting into our another version of our Mock Draft Monday, comparing a couple of the top receiving options the Chargers could target in the draft with the electric Zay Flowers and Quentin Johnson, both guys who have been linked to the Chargers and both guys that would definitely bring a certain level of explosiveness, but hard not to fall for Zay Flowers. The dude is absolutely electric. And we'll also talk about another guy to compare to the other tight ends we've covered so far. And we're getting into Darna Washington, the gigantic tight end from Georgia, a true gargantuan. I mean, that dude is a special size that you don't yes. make athletes that big very often that move you know like he's able to do but another collection of different offensive ways the chargers could go in the first round of the 2023 nfl draft and let's start with zay flowers david and i like the way we've been doing this being able to kind of break these guys down a little bit more options for the chargers and focusing on justin herbert as always zay flowers is exciting man i mean when you're talking about why this guy would be linked to the chargers it makes a ton of sense you're in desperate need of a yak threat you're a desperate need for more weapons for justin herbert and just more explosiveness like this is a dude that brings all that to the table you want that speed monster you want that just perfect compliment to justin herbert's arm you want somebody who has the ability to get their bo- the ball in their hands quickly and watch them create and do some magic and zay flowers absolutely has the ability to do that and we have the combine coming up here this week and we should be able to get some you know media availability from tom Tulesco and brand staley hopefully but it'll be interesting to see the numbers you know that this guy puts up if he decides to run the 40 and stuff because I mean, the the start and stop ability is obviously insane with this dude. It'll be interesting to see what his long speed was. He was able to attack the third level, right, but doesn't have a big, you know, catch radius or anything like that we'll talk about. The biggest knock is obviously going to be the size, which we'll get to. 5'10", 172 pounds. But as far as the pros go, I mean, David, the Chargers need somebody to create, right? This guy is a creator. He's not a guy that needs a runway to make people miss. Like it's a guy that I saw make, you know, seven, eight people miss in the same play. Like that's the kind of, you know, kind of dynamic that this guy is. He's a special type. And if you're going to be that size and if you're going to be drafted in the first round, like you need to be special in that way. But like the vision he has in the open field, the way he's able to cut to stop on a dime, like how many plays, you know, just him running full speed towards the sideline. He just stops and guys just run right past him. It's so hard to get a good hit on this dude. Like he brings all of that to the table yes he does that stop and start ability is absolutely next level with him um, he caught a pass over the middle against Rutgers where he put his foot in the ground reversed course and then gained an extra 20 yards yeah. like it was absolutely nothing his and he does that 
time after time after time. He just he has that crazy separation ability. He also has alignment versatility, too. He's not just a slot receiver. You see him outside. You also see him in the backfield as well. They really did a bunch of different things to try to get him open and get him, you know, the ability to do what he does best. Also, I I really enjoyed the body control, too. That's one of the things that is really a feather in his cap is his ability to contort his body and really go after the football no matter where it was. And that's that's really, really nice. It really gives your quarterback a lot more options, a lot more opportunities to get you the football, knowing that you're going to do absolutely everything in your power to put yourself in a position to make that catch. Yeah, I mean, he made he played bigger than he was. And, yeah. and we'll talk about Quentin Johnson, who I think plays kind of smaller than his size, right? When you're yeah. talking about just looking at a guy and wondering, you know, what he's going to look like when the ball's in the air. This is a dude who attacks the ball in the air. Not a big catch radius, right? So it's not a ton of, you know, just snatching the ball over people. But as far as him making tough catches, I saw him make some pretty ridiculous catches, especially for a guy with shorter arms. I think the other way you can kind of see him making an impact too. did return some punts this year. That is something like all the DeAndre Carter plays that we saw last year with the Chargers. If they were going to this dude, he would have been much more productive with it. You oh, have yeah. to think at least as far as they, and like, obviously we're projecting this is a rookie, sure. you know, coming into the league, but that never fit what DeAndre Carter's game was. That that's what Zay Flowers is, is a guy that you can just hand the ball off to. I mean, the amount of times you saw him catching the ball, you know, before the first down marker and just being able to find a way to create enough space to make enough people miss to go get that first down. The Chargers just don't have that. And that's the other thing with this guy is just his fit with the Chargers. Like, yes. Ian Allen doesn't bring this to the table. Mike Williams doesn't bring this to the table. It'll be interesting to see what that D speed is. But, like, no matter what, you're getting a guy that brings something to the table that complements what your other guys do well. I mean, and you were talking about kind of the yak ability there. There's one specific play. He caught a swing pass against Louisville, and then he outran the entire defense to the other side of the field and scored a touchdown. And those are just the plays that you don't see in the Chargers offense, and you haven't seen in a very, very long time. That's one of the things that this guy brings to the table, the ability to just absolutely make everybody miss and outrun the entire defense to get to the end zone. That type of speed is rare. It's un it's not something you can teach. His ability to stop and start is fantastic. Obviously, with those abilities and with the slider frame, it does come with some detractors as well. I mean, if the first thing is he's he's very slight. You know, he's 172 pounds soaking wet. That is a concern at the next level for sure. And and earlier on in his college career, he did have a propensity to kind of catch the ball with his body instead of going out and snatching it with his hands. Those are some things that you want to continue to work on going to the next level. And obviously, Daniel, he's never going to be confused for a good run blocker. That's not what his game is. That's not what you want to utilize him for at the next level. Sure. And and people might not think that's a big deal. And to some extent it is right. Because one of the reasons, you know, one of many reasons the Chargers running game wasn't good last year, wasn't just because of the running backs, but just bad blocking out on the perimeter and guys just not being able to make an impact out there. And part of the reason was, is sometimes you had guys like Deandre Carter and Michael Bandy and other tiny receivers out there trying to do it. I do wonder if he can play outside at the next level, right? Because in college, he did it. They were able to kind of offset him, too, and keep him behind the line of scrimmage for some more free releases, even on the outside, which I think helped a lot. 
But there's very, very few guys who are able to do that. Like right now, the only guy you're going to see producing at that kind of level at the NFL level is going to be someone like Tyreek Hill, right? Who obviously has game changing speed. I think the stop and start, there's a little bit to both of those guys. Both of those guys as shorter guys really, really excel there and are able to accelerate super quickly. But you need like a, a him or a Steve Smith, right? Or a, you know, Antonio Brown. Like there's not a long list of guys who can come to the NFL and produce at that size. 5'10", right. 172 is very, very small. I yeah, think Devonta the, Smith's you know, around that size. Sure. He's a little taller though. He's yeah. lanky. You know, he's, he's, I'd say he's probably quite a bit taller, but as far as just frame and slenderness, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. pretty, pretty thin, you know, but, and that's still pretty early for Devonta Smith, but yeah, very impactful as a blocker. The other thing, 24 drops in his yes. college career an 11 percent drop rate that's not something you want to see i did think he started catching more with his hands and there was some you know a couple of tough catches there i wonder hey is that considered a drop you know right. on the yeah. sideline i don't know maybe a couple of questionable things there but that's obviously super alarming and i think those are the reasons you can't just jump all in and just be like this guy trade up for him go get him no matter right. what what you can say though is from what you've seen from him and and obviously to factoring in that every team that Boston College played knew exactly where they were going to go. Like, this dude was their entire offense. Everyone yeah. knew it was coming, and it was still very, very hard to stop. And, I mean, three seasons of 700-plus receiving yards at the collegiate level is not easy to do. You saw a consistency there and caught 50% of his contested catches, which is something that someone 5'10 is not supposed to be able to do no. according to the draft network. So, yeah, that is, you know, somewhere he where he played – well above his stature for sure and made some above the rim plays that you wouldn't think you would see from someone like that where i didn't see enough above the rim plays was from the guy we're going to talk about next wide receiver quentin johnston from tcu but the one thing he does bring is juice rumored to be a four three guy has the speed had some yards after the catchability in a very different kind of way i think and i'm excited to talk about him because daniel jeremiah someone who covers this team very closely just mocked this guy to the chargers in the first round but i do need to tell you guys first that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and also of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Very excited about the partnership with FanDuel. And right now, we are midway through the NBA season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, easy to use, and you can bet on anything for the money line. Point scores to threes drain. That's another great thing with FanDuel is you get a bunch of crazy props if you want that. And you just get a lot of different kinds of bets. You can go play your props like player points, rebounds, assists. And you can also go wacky if you want to and go exclusive bets like the two by three, which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. There's a ton of great stuff you can do there and have fun while you're watching, you know, probably your second favorite sport in the NBA. But FanDuel right now even lets you combine your bets for a same-game parlay, something I've definitely done many times. A lot of fun, so don't miss out on your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's get to another exciting receiving option, David, for the Chargers. I mean, I think (laughs) for Chargers fans, like, you just want – some juice right no matter how you can get it where you get it obviously is important if you're going to spend a first round pick on someone you want to make sure they're kind of the full package you can bring multiple things to the table and this is a guy that i could see why from the outside looking in they would want someone like quentin johnson first of all big fast wide receiver you know the chargers love big wide receivers obviously daniel jeremiah jeremiah just selected him in the first round of his last mock draft 
And I think he is much different than Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, a different kind of skill set from those guys. So on that, from that aspect, I can see it. Yeah, definitely a different skill set. Obviously, you see the size at six foot four and about 220 pounds, and you're like, oh, that's pretty similar to Mike Williams. That's where the similarities end. Okay. Yeah, the, pretty much. The, these are not the same players because Quentin Johnston is much, and I mean much faster than Mike Williams. Yeah. It's very, very obvious when you flip on the tape. And that's the reason why the Chargers and Quentin Johnston would be linked together because he brings that world class speed to the table. Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is watch, you know, the Georgia game, which if you didn't watch that national championship game, you saved yourself from a really, really bad game. But basically the only bright <laughs> yeah. spot in that game for TCU, right, it was Quentin Johnson breaking a tackle and just taking it to the house, right? Misdirection yeah. play, get him the ball, and he just took it. And, you know, and that's where he does well as far as yards after the catch go. If he's breaking tackles, usually it's because he has a runway, right? If he can yes. get a runway – if you're running a crossing route, right, if you can get him on a post or something where he's able to run away from the defender and use that speed and get to his top speed, he can be really effective. And he's still really big, right? So there's parts yeah. of his big frame that you wish you could see more from him. But the one place I think you see it really show up is if this dude's running full speed, you're not going to be able to bring him down with an arm tackle, right? And I think the other thing he brings to the table, too, probably more versatility, right? You can play him as a big slot if you wanted to and send him in there. You can play him outside. He can definitely do that. And, uh, you know, an underrated 8.7 yards after the catch per reception, according to Mike Florio. So, I mean, one of the guys who, you know, in a different way, he brings that yak ability. It's just, and, you know, so hard to compare that to what you see from someone like Zay Flowers who can start and stop and, and do it that way. Yeah, according to PFF, Johnston forced 45 missed tackles across three seasons at TCU. So it's really you, know, good. you talking about him being tough to bring down. I mean, the, the numbers surely back that up. I also Here's a stat. Chargers wide receivers broke like five tackles last year. I didn't look that up, but it sounds right to me. It's it's probably very accurate, <laughs> honestly, considering what we Not watched, you know, with, you know, Mike Williams always kind of trying to get separation but not doing he that probably well. had the best and like i mean yeah. deandre carter didn't make a lot of guys myth keenan no. allen i don't remember the last time he's made some miss i love him i don't remember the last time he's you know forced a missed tackle just not his, not not those guys's game right at no this point. yeah i like quentin johnson's get off i like i really like the his ability to really get started like he's really first really quick off good, the line yeah. yeah his first step is fantastic i think he has a really special ability to track the ball when Great they're call. throwing it deep to him, uh, like he he really is very comfortable with that. Seems like he doesn't have any problems putting himself in the in the right position. And when the quarterback hits him in stride, it's over. He he's gone. He's in he's in the end zone. It's a touchdown. Um, and also, I really feel like this is a guy who really truly excels on the drag routes uh, going across the field. Yeah. If you give him a runway and you get and you hit him in stride on a drag route. Bye-bye. He's out of there. He's right. gone. It's unbelievable to watch. I mean, I, I think that's why, you know, Daniel and I were talking before we started recording. Some of those things right there kind of reminded me of Tyrell Williams and his ability to really separate with those long strides. I mean, I, he's probably Quentin Johnson is probably a little bit quicker, a little bit faster more than Tyrell. Yeah. Um, yeah, more explosive. But, you know, those kind of examples right there were were special to watch. And you can easily see that translate to the Chargers offense because there's not really any guys there that you can hit them in stride and expect to see them go the distance. 
Yeah, and I don't think he's as good of a fit as someone like Zay Flowers, and you've wanted right. someone like that for a long time, right? We both yes. have just as someone who can just create on their own, right? Please. That's a, a special <laughs> ability. Yeah. But it, it's still something they need, right? Like, oh, that's yeah. why I would understand it, because just, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, as far as Tyrell Williams goes, I mean, neither of those guys are going to be contested catch guys. Nope. At the same time, though, I think he is... Johnson, that is a better route runner by quite a bit, at yeah. least coming out right. A much oh, more, yeah. uh, and like I think a good route runner for his size, and, and not he a really super snaps tough. off his routes. Uh, I really enjoyed yeah. that, and that's not easy to do at six four. You know, close no. to two twenty. That's just not not easy to do, and something even Mike Williams struggles with, right? right? As far as like being able to get separation, especially on in breaking routes, he seems to be able to get separation. And if he can get away from you, he is someone that can run away from you. He does get a little bit caught up at the line of scrimmage at times, though. Yes. Something especially for his size. I mean, he's a bigger target for people to get at. And there are some frustrating parts of his game. Another guy with drops. For God's mm-hmm. sakes, use your hands. Yes. You have such please. long arms. Just put your hands. I mean, both these guys. It was so frustrating watching dudes, you know, catch the ball with their body. And it led to drops for yeah. both of them. Both of these guys, two of the higher drop rates in the class. And to see a body catcher, someone with that frame, you know, not just snatching and plucking the ball out of the air was frustrating. Yes, it was. It was frustrating because you you can see the catch radius and you know what that catch radius is able to do for you. You watch Mike yeah. Williams play receiver for the Chargers and you see that Justin Herbert throws it to anywhere in his immediate area and you yeah. feel pretty good about Mike Williams. Uh, opportunity to go get that football unfortunately with Quentin Johnston that's not exactly the case it just didn't feel like he was a guy that if you put him in that situation where he has to go out and grab it you don't feel that confident that he's going to get it um he's really struggled getting off the line of scrimmage if if defenders are in press man and they get their hands on him he definitely has trouble getting separation. He is a guy that works better in uh, against a, you know, a cushion so he can really yeah. get that, that get off and, and really allow that acceleration, that speed to take over. Um, yeah. The, the drops, the, the, the contested catches and the struggling to get off the line. I mean, I think those are the things uh, that are some opportunities in his game to get better at the next level. Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, better blocker than Zay Flowers, but I thought left sure. some to be desired there. Well, you better be. Um, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, true. With, uh, At 50 that pounds size, you better him, be. Right? But, like, probably not as good as someone I would want that size to be blocking, right. you know. Uh, yes. Not a lack of effort thing or anything like that, but just a little bit too many whiffs. Yeah. And I'd say the only other downside is he's not a creator. It seemed like a lot of times I've seen some people praise his short area quickness. And I just don't see it much. Because I didn't it seemed like really they were very yeah. willing to throw him wide receiver screens with blockers in front of him. It just didn't and he didn't do like much with it. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot of, you know, because that, that's you're catching the ball static, right? You're not right. getting a running start. And I just don't think that's the best way to use it's him. Not. You need to give him a running start. Yeah. And the Chargers, you know, need guys who, you know, they don't even have that guy who can get a running start and take it to the <laughs> no. house, right? So no. like, it's not like they have that already. And I think the big thing with someone like this is like, you don't want to overthink it, right? right? Like like guys like AJ Brown, you know, DK Metcalf, huge freakish dudes. I'm not comparing them at all. They're no. different kind of receivers. But like yes. in a lot of ways, a lot of people overthought those picks, right? And right. those guys end up going in the second round. And now obviously looking back at it, you're like, how did those dudes go in the second round? Right. Like, right. Look at them, first of all, you know, but yeah, like D- DK's a freak. Yeah, both those dudes are, right? I mean, both yeah. these guys, both those guys are, you know, top 20 receivers in the league. And, yeah. you know, in A.J. Brown's case, even higher than that last year, he was one of the best, if not, he was you awesome. know, yeah. top five or three last year. Mm-hmm. 
so is it overthinking it right is it is it nitpicking too much obviously different skill sets but like if you just look at it right and you just look at this dude's a freak i mean he has all those traits yeah he has you know some special traits in that regard especially at that size out of the two of them though i think we'd both lean zay flowers as far as just electricity you know wanting more explosive plays like i think we would both lean in that direction yeah, just the fit in the offense just it just feels like zay flowers is the guy that can create more and that's kind of yeah, the skill sure. set of more of what you're looking for a guy that you feel comfortable that can create uh in those short area quickness situations and a guy that can stretch the field with long speed we haven't seen or read about the 40 time but we expect it to be in the four threes and we'll get more information about that soon but yeah, he, yeah he's got the he's got the speed for sure we just got to put it on tape to be able to see what it is yeah and quick i mean it would not surprise me if he runs a faster 40 time than zay flowers even at that size you yeah. know and zay flowers is just a different different kind of athlete right yeah, yeah. just totally different skill set quickness but- the next guy we're going to talk about is fun for his own reasons. If you want to talk about just, hey, you know, somewhere the Chargers have really been deficient, you know, size, physicality, blocking at the tight end position. We can check all those boxes for you because we got to talk about tight end from Georgia, Darnell Washington, who is, people say an athletic specimen, you know, all the time it gets thrown out there. This dude is a freakish, freakish size and especially moves well for that size. And we're going to talk about that coming up after this. All right, the last of our mock draft Monday draft prospects for the Chargers, potentially in the first round. And this guy we're talking about, you know, I don't think either one of us would take him in the first round. You know, that's not the type of kind of tight end he is. But when you're looking at someone that's 6'7", 270, and I watched Hurdle Adub, there's (laughs) going to be some potential interest there at the back of the first. So why does it make sense for the Chargers? Darnell Washington, obviously championship experience back-to-back is not an easy thing to do. And he just did it at and Georgia. And you know the Chargers and Brandon Staley love their SEC Georgia Bulldogs. For they just sure. hired another one. I mean, they just hired, you know, one of their assistants. <laughs> you know, one of their, you know, consultants is another Georgia guy they just brought in this year. So, yes, they love Georgia. Yes. They've actually already taken a tight end from Georgia, Trey McKitty, right? And don't yeah. hold that against Darnell Washington either. But I think a general need to be more physical and realistically, a long-term answer at tight end would be all reasons, you know, why the Chargers could potentially take a tight end early in this draft. And I think one reason, you know, some of the reasons why teams or people could potentially link Darnell Washington to the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, the dude's gigantic. I mean, he's, like you said, six foot seven, 270 pounds, and a guy who can can really impose his will. Uh, when, when he is blocking, it seems yeah. like he just dominates defensive ends. It's not... It's one thing to block a guy. It's another thing to block him into the ground and finish those blocks. That's why this guy is being linked to the Chargers because of that just pure ability to dominate your opponent. Yeah, and when I mean, talk about something the Chargers just don't have, right? The Chargers don't have a dominant blocking tight end. Is a dominant right. blocking tight end worth a first-round pick? No. Probably not, you know, as far as like you just being one dimensional in that facet. And he's not totally one dimensional. I right. think there's a, you know, reason to think he can, you know, improve a lot as a receiver. But when you're talking about just what his bread and butter is, I mean, he's pancaking a lot more than, you know, other dudes you're seeing at tight end. And it was yes. quite refreshing to watch someone not be able to just, you know, and yeah, he's getting tasked with blocking a lot of defensive ends and things like that. But if you're talking about swallowing up people, that's what he does to a lot of defensive backs, right? Like if he gets yeah. hold of you as a defensive back, you're just toast. 
Yeah. And not only is he going to get in your way, right, but he's going to physically move you and maybe even put you into the dirt. Exactly. And he's athletic enough to hit those landmarks in space. And landmarks yeah. basically is like when someone's running a running play or something like that and you're a blocker for it, you're trying to get to a certain part of the field yes. by a certain time. He hits those marks. And he connects very, very often in space, which is really, really impressive. And, and something, you know, you see a lot of offensive linemen and even some other tight ends struggle with. Out of the tight ends, we've watched, obviously, we talked about the better receiving options last week or a couple weeks ago with Michael Mayer. We also talked about Don Kincaid, who we both really, really loved, right? Totally different prospect we're talking about here today because gigantic dude who actually sticks with his blocks as well, which is nice. But one of George's favorite plays was just to run, you know, wide receiver screens and things like that. Just following this dude. Yeah, behind and it worked. him. Yeah, and yes. it worked. <laughs> yes. And it worked. I mean, the Chargers, you know, it's never you know, always so frustrating to see the Chargers trying to run wide receiver screens. First of all, when you don't like the thought of, you know, Zay Flowers running behind Darnell Washington on a wide receiver screen, I might become a wide Sign receiver screen for that. fan, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I might yeah. change my philosophy on that and my viewpoint on that altogether because that's yeah. what this good, what this dude is good at doing. And I think he brings Yak in a very unconventional way. I think he brings Yak just by sheer size and athleticism. He's a plotter, right? Yeah. He's not a, a, a quick guy by any means. But once he gets going, this is an extremely tough dude to bring down as well. Yeah, I mean, we both uh, were watching the film on him and saw him absolutely hurdle a dude, which he did. at six foot seven, two 270 pounds, that is not, not a bag possible. of yeah. trick. That's not a trick from your bag that we expect to see out there on the football field. And of course, that's something you know you just feel in the moment. But he obviously felt like he was able to do it, and he pulled it off, and he gained probably an extra you know eight to ten yards because. Yeah. Of and he had already hurdle. broken a, a tackle on that play too. Broke a yeah. tackle and then went and hurdled the dude who. If you're a defensive back, what are you going to do? You have to go low. Like, yeah, I was like, he, that's, that was the problem. The the, yeah, the, the the corner tried to tackle him uh, up high above the waist. That's never going to happen for, for this guy. And uh, then the next guy a, goes low and he gets hurdled. You can't win. Exactly. So, and the unfortunate thing is, is we just didn't see that very often. And and I think that's part of the, 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 the detractors when you're talking about Darnell Washington is you just don't have a lot of high-end production in any of the three years that he was at Georgia. Seven receptions, 10 receptions, 28 receptions. Obviously, in those type of programs where there's a lot of NFL talent and a lot of mouths to feed, you know, production is, you know, something that's... Well, he's probably the second best tight end on his own team, right? I right. mean, that's, that plays a big factor when you have someone like Brock Bowers who would probably be a first-round pick drafted higher than Darnell Washington if he came out this year. Yeah going to you know impact some of that production for sure but i mean Definitely. 450 yards is not anything to sneeze at for college tight ends you know i think sure just the you know never having had more than 28 catches you know and and only going over even 200 receiving yards once in his college career i mean that's not screaming you know receiving production for sure to your point now yeah not a polished route runner i mean like you said he's a plotter he, he's the guy that kind of seems like he's laboring a little bit um not the best route runner not the fastest guy in the field um <laughs> which you know is, is the reason why i bring up the the speed there is because he has trouble separating and i think that's yeah one of the things that that is definitely a concern for me um i i like what he brings to the table i love the the ferocity the physicality from a blocking standpoint i can see some applications in the receiving game but overall daniel i don't just don't see a first round pick when i look at darnell washington 
I would agree. I, I mean, I think they, you know, Georgia left some things to be desired as far as the way they use them. Cause I mean, the dude yes. averaged 17 yards a catch, right? Like yeah. when they got the ball in his hands and I think his hands are probably average for a tight yeah. end and nothing special there. Right. Uh, a couple of kind of, you know, questionable catches were, you know, bobbling and things like that, where it's not just, you know, soft hands, I wouldn't say, but when he had the ball, he got 17 yards of catch. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, he broke tackles when he had the ball in his hands, but 45 catches in 36 career games, three career touchdowns, only one season of going, you know, over 166 receiving yards. Just, it, it doesn't feel like the production's there to warrant a first round pick at this point. Someone that I would be very, very excited, but it's just one of those things where everyone has a value, which is where yeah. you're willing to send that pick. And I That's wanted right. to talk about him because he's so polar opposite of the guys we've watched so far. Yeah. Not pulling the trigger at, you know, 21, but like later in the draft, like this is something the Chargers definitely need. Oh, if he's there in the second round, Daniel, I am all over it. I would feel much more comfortable there in the second round because then I can be sold on the, the run blocking ability, especially when you consider the, the Kellen Moore offense stands to probably feature the, the tight ends the tight a little ends. bit more yeah. often especially in the running game. You want a guy that's going to be able to really knock people out of the way. And especially if he's doing that, like you said, for Zay Flowers, um, if they <laughs> take him in the first round, that would be a match made in heaven. That would be a perfect situation. And it would help Austin Eckler out a whole a whole lot. Josh Kelly out a whole lot. You're going to get a lot more production out of your running backs because you got a guy who is a mobile offensive lineman blocking and getting out there in front for you. Yeah, and it's funny because like it feels like we hit every end of the spectrum as far as tight ends go, at least with the first three guys we watched, because it's like elite electric receiving option in Dalton yes. Kincaid. Yes. Michael Mayer, who's probably not really special at any one thing except for looking like a movie star. Yeah. But also <laughs> not a lot of weaknesses there either. Yeah, real right? solid. Like yeah. really solid at everything. And then you have someone like Darnell Washington, who, you know, very, very, very good blocker. And someone that, you know, has left a lot to be desired as a receiver and is not going to be a, a dominant receiving option. I think, you know, you can definitely see the Mercedes Lewis, uh, you know, comparisons just because who else are you going to compare a six foot seven, 270 pound dude to? But yeah, Mercedes Lewis carved out a great, great career for himself. Right. And used to be a little more explosive than he is these days, but was a legitimate receiving threat at one point. Came out more polished. But, yeah, it's just where would you be willing to take him? Because, obviously, if you're just looking at what the Chargers need, yeah, they need what he brings to the table. Probably other things they need more. But very, very exciting prospect in his own right. And I think we're getting a better picture of, you know, some of the guys who could be available to the Chargers at 21. And coming up soon, we will be getting into, you know, second-round options for them and more stuff like that and get into more traditional mock drafts as well on these Mondays. But, Make sure you guys are back here for tomorrow's show where we talk about what some of last year's draft picks and some of the Chargers' young players that could potentially take a leap this year and potentially change the way we kind of feel about their position groups. Guys like Isaiah Spiller, guys like JT Woods. Can JT Woods learn how to tackle? Because that would change a lot of things, right, as far as how we feel about who's lining up next to Derwin James. Potentially, so much could happen from this year to next year, and guys make second-year leaps all the time. We're going to be talking about some of those guys tomorrow. But until then, make sure you guys are following the show wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find us anywhere, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever, or subscribe to the Locked on Chargers YouTube channel so you never miss out. Or you can find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show's page at LockedOnLAC. You can also find our Locked on Chargers Facebook page, 
and at Lockdown Chargers on Instagram. Thank you guys again for making us your first listen today. If you need a second listen, make sure to check out the Lockdown NFL Draft because they're doing great stuff over there. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez are providing in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects. Something we've been listening to a lot. It's great to have those guys as part of the network. Can't wait to get them on the show and have them talk about some potential Chargers prospects as well. Something we'll definitely do. And maybe some draft conferences or some draft combine press conferences from Tom Telesco and Brandon Staley later on in the week. But that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow. As always, until then, take it easy and go Bolts.